Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Melina Lee Williams Haas. I deeply appreciate you listening and taking the time to hang out with me. I will be addressing issues of life, the universe, and everything that are often bogged down and mired in shame and grief, and talk about how they can be repackaged to be useful and gorgeous and fucking awesome for you. So sit back and relax, or you know what? Sit up and freak out. However, you prefer to listen. Let's go. On July 17, 2016, I was in Salzburg in Austria, and my beloved Spousmeister was teaching at the time. He had some classes at the music academy there, one of them. I don't know which one, whichever the one it fucking is. Nobody cares. I mean, someone cares. I do not. So I had time to kill. It was an amazingly beautiful afternoon that I do remember. And the place where he was working was adjacent to this lovely sort of garden and park. And so I figured I would spend the afternoon wandering around there, hanging out, grab something to eat, and just, you know, do a little sightseeing. As I had not been to Salzburg before in my several travels to Austria. When I was walking through this garden, I started noticing hundreds of people standing around, staring at their phones, not in a normal way, not in a like, oh, I'm glancing at my phone kind of way, but coordinated phone staring, which I found surreal. And then I walked past a cluster of kids and they were all excitedly yelling and and all gathered around one kid who had something on his phone he was showing off. And as I passed by and I glanced over, I realized they were all playing a game. And the game they were all playing was the brand new psycho craze Pokemon Go. And I thought to myself, okay, there it is. Everyone's playing it all over the world. It's a thing. Confession, I suck at video games. I have not been good at a video game since Tempest back in the 80s. And I would rock the shit out of that game, but I was not so good at other ones. I could hold my own on like Centipede, but I always got my ass kicked by my friends. Part of it was because I didn't have a substantial flow of quarters to practice as much as richer kids did. So I had to make each quarter count quite a lot. And so not so much on my end. I did eventually once, you know, the um, Nintendo home versions came out, I did have, you know, Donkey Kong and Mario Brothers and Castlevania. That was my fucking favorite. I goddamn, I love whipping those wood blocks around. It was awesome. Okay, going back to 2016. So I'm walking around. Side note, this garden I was in was populated not just by hundreds of people staring at their phones. It was also populated by plenty of tourists. There were all these tourist groups going through. And at one point I was sitting on a bench hanging out and there were three lovely little flawless from central casting British grandmothers sitting next to me. And then another one runs up and says, oh dear, you'll all have to hurry now. We're about to go and see where Maria von Trapp sang, I have confidence as she was running through the garden. And they all jump up and teeter onwards towards the, the, the person who was leading their group. 
And I'm looking around and I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I guess this is one of the sites from The Sound of Music, which someone remind me, I need, I need my producer to remind me, Corey, remind me to fucking do an episode on watching The Sound of Music with an actual Austrian because it's a hoot. Anyway, so I'm wandering around looking at these tourist groups, realizing now that there was a huge chunk of the sequence where in the movie where Maria von Trapp is skipping through Salzburg on her way to not Salzburg. (laughs) It's through this garden. The garden, which apparently back in the day was a gift from some high-ranking bishop or something to his mistress because people were just fucking shameless back in the day. The fuck? Anyway, so Pokemon Go. So I'm playing around with the idea of playing around with this game and I think, why not? Fuck it, fuck it. So I download it. And I open it up and I register and I have it on my phone and here I am in a virtual world and I make my little avatar and standing around and shit's happening. I have no idea what to do and there are no instructions. And I'm like, so I wander over to some kid and I'm like, hey, do you speak English? And he's like, yeah, of course, because of course they all do. And I said, how the hell do I do this? And I'm immediately mobbed by like 87 Austrian teenagers who all want to tell me how to play Pokemon Go because everyone is super helpful. And I got 2.1 of the game. The reason there are no instructions is because you're supposed to learn from friends. And thankfully, I had dozens of strangers willing to help me out. So I'm on there. I'm doing it. I'm doing the thing trying to figure out how to catch these little, these little monsters. So for those of you who don't know, Pokemon is an ongoing franchise started in Japan of these little monsters. Pokemon is actually a contraction and shortening of the words pocket and monster. Pokemon, pocket monster. And the point of Pokemon is that you have these little monsters and there are thousands of different uh, breeds and types of them. And you have these special balls that are actually pocket dimensions. So it's not just that you can put them in your pocket. It's actually a pocket dimension because the ball is the size of your hand and the monsters are all sorts of sizes. And any monster can be captured in in these Pokeballs. And then I don't know where they are. They live in a limbo. Like what's going on in there? I haven't studied the lore enough to be familiar with it. But I do know you throw the ball at the monster. The ball wobbles around as though the monster's trying to figure out if they're going to stay inside or not. Sometimes they do stay inside. Sometimes they say, fuck you, I'm popping out. And then they pop out and then you got to throw more balls at them until they decide to stay in. You wear them down, I guess, or they say, fuck you, and they flee and they run away, never to be seen again. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to throw these balls. Of course, because I suck at video games, I suck at ball throwing, which is which is hilarious. And I'm trying to throw these balls at this thing. And then I get stuck for half an hour trying to catch this one flapping little eyeless bat. It's a little bluish, purplish bat. It's flapping. It's got little vampire teeth. I can't get it to stay in the ball. It's this little like horrible crack flappy thing. Like it's a flapping crack ball. So I'm on fucking Twitter, like, what the hell? What the hell is this? What's going on? Suddenly, like, all of my friends who are playing Pokemon Go come out of the closet, they're like, ah, yes, the Zubat. Very difficult. So I'm, like, trying to work it out. How do I do this? How do I get what I fucking do? You know, there's apparently, like, some sort of, like, berries you can feed them, but I don't have any. And then there's all these, like, structures in the virtual world, but I can't access them. And I'm like, what what is this? What's going on? And someone's like, oh, you have to get to level five or whatever, 10, seven, eight, I don't know, before you can go and interact in the gyms. And I'm like, oh my God, this is not worth it. 
But then I start looking around in the virtual world and I like to play pretend. And I have a very tactile sensation that's, you know, a lifetime of acting. So any role that I play, you know, Pokemon trainer, I start to imagine what the monster would look like, feel like, smell like. How would it move in the real world versus in a, in a virtual world? Because some of these monsters walk, some of them fly, some of them float around, some of them sort of flop on the ground, don't move very much. So I was kind of attracted to that aspect of it. All of these monsters have various rules and many of them do what's called an evolution. So you'll have a little monster like an Eevee that looks sort of like a little fluffy fox dog thing and you can evolve it. And then it becomes one of several other creatures. And the whole Pokemon franchise is, 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 is about evolution. It's also about self-determination because apparently there's this whole plot line where, where Pikachu, which you're probably familiar with, even if you don't know anything about Pokemon, and even if just from the Detective Pikachu media blitz that occurred a couple years ago. Apparently, this the, one of the stories in, in the Pokemon Go franchise is that Pikachu actually did not want to evolve and wanted to remain as he was. And nice messaging there. You can be who you are, and that's fantastic. So I'm like, okay, fine, fine. This is great. So I'm talking to all these folks who are playing, and I'm realizing as I'm, as I'm getting to uh, know the game that it's not just kids who are playing, their entire family's playing. So like mom and dad are there with their phones trying to help the kids, you know, who maybe don't have the dexterity to, to do the ball throwing. I just like saying balls. I just, you're just going to have to get over it. And so I, I realized it was actually kind of a cool moment. I would not have had any of these conversations with any of these people had it not been for me trying to learn this game. So once uh, the professor got done with work and came to meet me, I was like, okay, sir, okay, listen, I just found out I'm playing this game. So it's Pokemon, I'm playing this game, and I just found out that there's some of these creatures that only go into certain places. And so one of these guys told me that there's this like castle thing up this hill in the forest. And if you go there, you can catch the Dratini, which is super rare, but there's a bunch of them up there. And so can we go? And he looked at me and he's like, so you want to go walking in the woods at night to catch a pretend monster? And I'm like, yes. And he's like, uh, okay. He's a little bit leery, but super stoked because A, walking in the woods, B, at night is C, not my fucking jam, y'all. I just don't, I don't trust the forest. That's, that's what it is. I know people are like, oh, I get so energized and trees and men, you men. And spouse might say, forget it. He's a mushroom truffle pig that can find mushrooms at like 50 paces in the desert. And I'm not exaggerating. He found a mushroom in the desert. No fucking lie. I, on the other hand, I'm like, I don't trust the forest. I just don't. It's been like an entire lifetime of being like, fuck forest. So the fact that I was not only willingly, but eagerly wanting to hike up this mountain into the forest and around this castle to try to find an imaginary little snaky creature was just delightful to him. So that night we went for the hike and it was kind of awesome. And I did catch one Dratini. I was very excited. First Dratini, they're rare, just so you know. They look like a little plump blue snake with a big nose and little ears. They're just so cute. And this is the thing I kind of loved about the Pokemon is that so many of them are so adorable, even though their whole purpose in life seems to be to kick the shit out of each other. I don't know if this is something that they're supposed to do naturally or if it's something that humans have forced them to do, like cockfights, in which case I feel kind of bad. I don't know. The whole thing has a weird sort of get these imaginary creatures to do your bidding vibe. But, you know, as a submissive, I just like to assume that it's consensual. 
and that they want to be in the balls and they want to, you know, do, do get out till they faint and get revived with, you know, lovely and wonderful treats. So there's that part. So we are hiking up and down the hill. It's evening. It's amazing. And I'm catching all these Pokemon. And now I am on the verge of being addicted. I'm like, this is fucking dope. Now, Here's the other twist to this myth. <laughs> the spouse meister is not low maintenance. And his next concern is that I am diverting my very precious attention away from him, right? Like, how dare I play this game while well, I should be paying attention to him? He's a little pouty sometimes about it. And I said, okay, look, let's just compromise and, and, and we can take these walks and do these Poke walks and then we'll do Pokemon Go stuff. And the fact that I am now willing to aimlessly wander, which again is not my shtick. Like I'm from New York, okay? We walk when we have to fucking walk, but I don't like walking for no particular reason. I'm not a wanderer. I don't like being, I need a place to fucking go, all right? I just need to go somewhere. I don't window shop either. <laughs> I'm like, can I buy it? Do I need it? No, I'm fucking not going to do that. I don't just go to stores to look around. Part of that is also being scarred from many years of being followed around stores by store detectives and suspicious store owners because I was, you know, a little black kid and of course was going to steal something. So that's a twofold jab right there. But now he's kind of stoked and I'm like, yeah, let's go for a walk. Yeah, let's go. Like, yeah, let's go. So I started playing. We were in Salzburg and we were traveling in several different places in Europe that summer, which is most of my goddamn life. Not since the plague, but still, it is a constant, constant round of running around, which was kind of cool because that meant that when we were in various cities, I then had more of an impetus to go out and explore. And this was the amazing benefit I noticed immediately when I was in Austria. Austria, Vienna at least, is metropolitan. It's pretty much like any other big city and people are pretty much what you experience in any other big city. They're about their business. They're doing their shit. There's assholes and jerks, sure. But generally your, your connection to them is minimized because people by and large have other shit to do than give you hard looks and be a shithead to you in a big city. The moment you leave a big city, you are going to experience people whose pacing of their lives is a bit different and they do make time to be assholes. And I'd had an especially rough time when traveling in rural Austria or outside of the larger city of Vienna and in the smaller towns. Graz is a city where Georg spent a lot of his youth and where we were going back quite a bit because of the first few years of our relationship, he was still working there. And I don't know for those of you who are not people of color, living in bodies that are subject to scorn, ridicule, and hatred from strength. Know what it's like to walk down the street and fear making eye contact with people lest you just get a nasty look or have to cross your fingers when you walk into a restaurant hoping that you aren't suddenly declined a table because of your skin color. But that's fucking stressful as hell. These microaggressions and macroaggressions really take a goddamn toll. And I'm really sensitive to this shit. I can tune it out, but even tuning it out is, is a work. But now I had fucking Pokemon Go. I could hold my phone, glance at it, and be really engaged in this alternate universe where my business was catching these little monsters. And I did not give a fuck if some racist bitch was giving me the hard eyes. I was strolling arm in arm with my beloved through the streets of Graz. Fuck you, bitch. I just caught this Dragonite. <laughs> 
So it was really uh, healthy in a lot of ways for me to have that little world to disappear into. Now, Spousemeister was still a little bit grumpy about the fact that I was paying so much attention to it. And if you know me, you know that like when I'm first doing a thing, I'm like, ah, I can't stop doing it, doing it all day and all night. But what I discovered was actually like a really cool sort of just thing for me to do while I was gathering my thoughts about other shit. So I found it kind of meditative and I was really digging it. And I was doing really, I was getting ahead in the rankings and getting my level up. And, and now I was able to actually engage in the gyms, which means that you go in and you fight boss Pokemon, and then you have a chance to, to capture stronger Pokemon. It's pretty cool. Not long after that, we were traveling in Northern England. We were at a festival in, oh my gosh, where was that festival? Huddersfield. And those of you who are who know that you care like Huddersfield, what? Yes, it's the site of a very important, one of the longest running contemporary music events. And I was performing my show Hyena there and Georg had a piece that was premiering there. So it was very exciting. And one afternoon we were sitting in the room. Georg was deep in his composing and I was sitting there doing uh, whatever the hell I do and checked my Pokemon going, oh my gosh, there was a rare evolved Pokemon on the other side of the entire hotel complex and on the other side of the parking lot. And I was sure as hell gonna go get it. So I said, hey, sir, can I go get this Pokemon? He's like, of course, great. Jump up, put on my pants, run downstairs. And as I'm crossing the lobby, I hear someone go, oh, Melina, hi. And I turn around and it's one of Georg's coworkers from Columbia University. And I'm like, oh my God. George, because his name is also George, but American George, because we pronounce it correctly. Anyway, so I'm hugging. I'm like, oh my gosh, what are you doing here? And he informs me that he has a piece. It's also going to be premiering here at the Huddersfield Festival. And I'm like, gosh, I don't think Georg mentioned that. And he's like, oh, he probably forgot. So we're chatting. And I said, I should, I should totally call Georg and tell him to come down. What a weird coincidence that I ran into you solely because I was chasing this Pokemon. He's like, oh, you're doing the Pokemon thing. I've seen on the news where there's crowds of people swarming <laughs> Central Park. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty crazy. And he said, no, 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 don't bother Georg. I know he's working and he's deep in the work. And being a composer too, he had a lot of empathy for that. So I said, we'll see you, you know, later today, you know, get together for dinner or something or whatever. And as we're chatting, a third guy walks up and I'm like, oh my gosh, hi, it's one of the musicians uh, that I had met before. And it was actually the gentleman who was going to be performing Georg's piece in this festival. So I said, oh my gosh, now I have to call Georg because this is too much that Pokemon is responsible for this like mini reunion in the lobby of the hotel. So I called and I said, sir, okay, just throw on some pants. You have to come down here. This is hilarious. Just don't just come downstairs. She was like, okay, I do it comes downstairs and he's looking around like, what's going on? Why is everyone here? And I'm like, look who I ran into because I was off chasing this Pokemon. And so everyone's laughing and everyone's like, see, Pokemon Go has side benefits. And so the musician finally turns to Georg and says, sorry, I must beg your pardon. I have to go for a sound check before the show tonight. And he turns to Georg and says, okay, I'll see you later. And the professor says, oh, I think I will see you tomorrow. And the musician turns around and says, no, you will see me tonight for the premiere of your piece that I'm playing tonight. And Georg just blanched. He was like, it's tonight? And I'm turning around like, are you kidding me? He legitimately thought that the debut of his piece was the next night. 
picture, if you will. Because the thing is, for those of you who don't know about music, concerts and shit, if a composer's alive, it's like a thing to have them at the premiere of their fucking piece, right? So, you know, they, they pay for your airfare and hotel and accommodation and make sure you're there so that you can receive the honor, that you can be there with it. And here we would have been sitting in the hotel room with no pants on. They're looking around like, ah, oh, maestro, maestro, he's not there. And I turned to Georg and I was like, okay, look, if I had not been playing Pokemon Go, we would have been sat up cozy in the room through the concert and I was like, we'll see you tonight. This is great. So then I scurried off, caught my Pokemon, did catch it. Yay me. Ran back, got us ready for the evening. And we had a lovely night. And I was like, see, Professor, it's not just a game. It's important. <laughs> so, you know, the year goes on and I'm playing, I'm moving up in the ranks and actually managed to get to level 40, which previously had been the highest level that one could attain. They just bumped it up to level 50. And yes, I'm at level 49 now. I'll be in like the second or third wave of people to hit level 50. I'm still working on it right now. However, I started thinking, you know, I just need to have a second account. There's some things you can do. I'm not going to bore folks who don't know what details in the game that are more helpful if you have multiple accounts. So I made another account and I made a boy account and a different team to pretend that the spouse master and I were, you know, battling each other. And I tried to come up with a name for him. I was like, okay, so he's a composer. Music thing might be cool. Since he is well known for using microtonal notes, which are the notes between notes, Google it. It's fascinating. Uh, for his music, I came up with microtone loke, which is fucking hilarious. Okay, thank you very much. He didn't get it. I had to explain it. It doesn't work as well, but you can give me a round of applause if you'd like. Anyway, so now I'm teaching him how to play Pokemon Go. And because he, like me, is easily addicted to shit, now he's playing. And I'm like, this is great. Now we're both playing. Now we're both catching imaginary monsters. And what was so funny is that once you started looking around, you realized that this was not a phenomenon that was limited by age. There were people of all age groups playing, from little kids to old dudes with 50 phones strapped to the front of their bicycles, <laughs> zooming around, catching all the monsters that they could. Now, the professor has a child from his third marriage who is substantially younger than his other kids. And when he went to visit with her, she had his phone and spotted the icon of the Pokemon Go app. And of course, shocked that her father's playing Pokemon Go. It's like, Pa, you play Pokemon Go? And he's like, ah, yes, I do. Now, here's the thing. He did play, but he had only just started to play recently and didn't know all the tips and tricks. So I'm on the bus in New York, and he's over in Europe visiting with his kid. And I get a call, and he's like, darling, how do we, how do we get more eggs? And I'm like, oh, what? He's like, yes, my daughter needs to know. And I'm like, oh, really? Now, what's fascinating is that due to circumstances beyond everyone's control, I am pretty much persona non grata in the kid's life. I don't exist. I'm not allowed to be around her when he has custody, et cetera, et cetera. Cool. Not my issue. But now I am the holder of the secret information. So now I have value. <laughs> and within like maybe two days, it went from who is this Melina person? She doesn't exist to his daughter literally turning to him and saying, can you call Melina and ask her how we can do this thing with the gyms? Cause I can't figure it out. I'm like, yes, yes. Pokemon Go, healing wounds, building bridges. 
And what was really cool was that around this time, and it was probably about the six to eight month mark. Uh, no, it was later than that, I think it was. It was probably about a year or so. So the initial fervor had died down a bit. But then you started seeing new stories about the differences that Pokemon Go was making in folks' lives. And what touched me the most, I read one story about a, a mom who was reporting that her son, who was on the spectrum of autism, had really come out of his shell in relating to other people through Pokemon Go. And I thought, yeah, that's really perfect because it's it's a way to have this shared world that feels safe for, for, for this kid. And now they have a whole new lease on life when it comes to socializing with folks through this game. It's like, that's pretty terrific. And I thought it was kind of awesome that now, you know, we're not BFS or anything, but at least my existence is acknowledged and my usefulness in the kid's life was established with me being able to, to help them through some Pokemon Go tips. Not long after that, Georg Fiebrich and I went on our honeymoon do-over. Why a honeymoon do-over, you ask? I will tell you. Our first honeymoon was a bit modified from its original intent because someone was a little bit behind on a deadline for an opera. And so rather than touring around beautiful Puerto Rico for two weeks, we sat. Now, mind you, no one's going to feel sorry for me because my prison was literally on the beach with a roof deck. However, it was a prison as as he finished this opera. And so as a as a as a way to make up for that, we had planned a additional honeymoon thereafter. And we were going to be in Northern California. Add to that the wackiness, because it is our life that at the time we were in the midst of being filmed for a documentary about Georg Friedrich and I. You can watch it. Uh, streaming platforms. If you Google The Artist and the Pervert, you will find it. It is available on Amazon and a bunch of other places. And so so it was me, my beloved, two Germans, and here we were in Northern California on the coast in this beautiful house. Now, the Germans were only going to be there for part of the second honeymoon, and then we would have a normal honeymoon thing. The problem with where we were was there were no Pokestops, which are integral to the game. There were no gyms, which are integral to the game. And there weren't really many safe places for me to walk around. It was a sort of weird kind of little uh, settlement thing. And then there was just highways. So I was like, ah, I really need to hatch these eggs. In order to hatch the eggs, you have to walk. And in order to get the points for walking, the credit, you can't be in a car. You can't go over a certain speed limit. So one night when I was just crazy, I was like, look, sir, can we just go and get in the car and drive and we'll just go on the side road, just drive real slow, and then I can hatch these eggs. We'll do it at night and whatever. He's like, fine, fine, great. So we get on the road. We're driving five miles an hour. It's a side road off of this settlement. So don't worry, I was not hazardously driving. And it's dark, okay? But I have the headlights on. And out of nowhere, we hear this like, horrible scream and I'm like what the fuck slam on the brakes and ahead of us we see this big beige swoop and I look up I'm looking at Georg and he's looking at me we look ahead of us and in the headlights of the car is this huge owl with like some prey in its talons that it has just caught right in front of the car and it looks at us and then blinks and then like Wah! flies off into the night and I'm like holy shit that was fucking amazing wow and we're just so blown away. It was so cool. And I'm like, see, if we hadn't been out here doing Pokemon Go shit, we would not have seen the Circle of Life in action. Fantastic. Same part of the country. Same trip. We're driving. Pass a lighthouse. 
And I'm like, oh, look, this lighthouse has Pokemon stuff in it. I need to pull over and do the Pokemon stuff. Sir, you can go look out in the ocean. It's very beautiful. He's like, great, fine. I'm doing my Pokemon shit. He's wandering out, gazing steadfastly out to sea. And then he starts yelling, darling, come, come. And I turn around. There's fucking whales. There's whales. There's whales breaching and fucking blowing the little whale snot into the air as they're swimming by. And here's the thing. I have not seen whales in the wild like that. I saw a whale tail once in Southern California, but this was amazing. This was like whales, like there's whales happening. Georg had never seen whales. And I'm like, this is fucking, see, this is what I'm talking about once again. And I said, you know what, sir? I would just like permission to be able to play Pokemon Go when I want, because it's obviously awesome. It has obviously enhanced our lives. It has obviously saved your butt from terrible humiliation of not being at your own premiere, because what the fuck is that about? <laughs> and at that point even he had to admit the benefit of pokemon go and he enjoyed throwing a ball or two he's a ball tosser and so i was granted permission to do the pokemon go thing and here we are today i'm at level 49 doing my thing spousemeister will occasionally play not much anymore when he wants to jump in he'll jump in and the super beautiful thing about it is that this game this video game this silly fad that seemed to just sort of sweep the sweep the planet really and then become sort of a, a point of ridicule has in really truly concrete and amazing ways enhanced my life i love it i love the fact that i'm able to have a little secret alternative universe at my beck and call when i choose and i love that it allows me to play and to get back into that imagination, which I love so much. One of my patrons on Patreon asked the question, which Pokemon is my favorite? And so this one's for you, Jonathan. My favorite is Lapras. And the Lapras, sort of for those who don't know, is big Pokemon. It's bigger than a person, probably the size of like a small dinosaur or an elephant, maybe, I guess, like a small elephant. And it looks kind of like a turtle, but with big flippers, like a whale. And it has a long neck and like a head sort of like a puppy or horse or something they're very cute and they have a big shell with knobblies on it and apparently their backstory is that there used to be more lapras and then they went extinct from overuse apparently their thing is that they like to ferry people around the ocean on their backs and i guess they were worked to death i don't know it, half of the shit is tragic as fuck and you're like what the hell what the hell pokemon so that's my favorite. I just, I don't know why. I just find them to be adorable and, and awesome. And I think maybe I relate to them because they are service oriented. So I like that. Now, the sexiest Pokemon, which was also a question, it's going to be obvious, but the Licky Tongue, and you can Google this as well, L-I-C-K-I-T-U-N-G, is clearly for a doomy queen like myself, the best of all possible worlds. My goodness. Just a pelvic thrusting, two foot long tongue having licking flapping creature that just wants to lick you to death or not to death until you faint right this is what pokemon do they don't actually ever die they just fight until they pass out and then you can revive them with various potions and i like that in a partner which is one of the reasons i love the spouse monster <laughs> there all of the secrets are out now although it's it's not that's that part isn't the secret so for those of you who maybe are on the fence about playing pokemon go i highly recommend it 
for those of you who roll your eyes at grown-ups playing kids' games, allow me to share with you that brain science has demonstrated that playing games helps to ward off dementia. And I need all the help I can get because my brain is turning to sand even as we speak. So (laughs) I'll be playing Pokemon Go until, until. You've been listening to All That and Mo. Thanks so much for spending your precious, precious time with me today. My podcast is produced by Cody Crabb. Theme music by Georg Friedrich Haas as performed by Marcus Weiss. And I look forward to spending time with you again really soon. Mm-hmm.